everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Quote, on the current trajectory... It will take about 95 years for black employees to reach the talent equity across all levels in the private sector, end quote. This stark warning comes from McKinsey & Company's 2021 report, Race in the Workplace, the Black Experience in the U.S. Private Sector. According to McKinsey's report, black workers account for 15% of the 125 million U.S. private sector workers. Among this population, black workers are significantly underrepresented in the highest growth geographies and highest paying industries, and conversely are significantly overrepresented in low growth geographies and in frontline jobs that pay less. Reporting that while three of four frontline workers want to be promoted, and less than one in four actually achieves promotion, the 71-page report, along with other findings published in their Race in the Workplace series, concludes that Black workers face consistent and common challenges that materially affect Black representation, advancement, and overall experience. Most recently, providing additional substantiation to McKinsey's report, this past May, Fortune magazine published this statement when announcing their 2022 Fortune 500 list. Quote, in the wake of racial protest following the murder of George Floyd, companies pledged to increase diversity within their executive ranks and accelerate change internally. This year, six black chief executives sit atop Fortune 500 companies, making up just over 1% of businesses on the 2022 ranking. That's a noteworthy increase from last year when only five black CEOs ran Fortune 500 companies." End quote. In addition to performatively invoking George Floyd's name in attempts to boast about the accomplishment, Fortune's cringeworthy statement, and the list itself, as perfectly critiqued by Afrotech.com, quote, shows that there's a world of difference between equality and equity, and in short, despite claims of diversity and equality, not to mention the rancorous bleeding about being replaced, white men still dominate corporate America, end quote. Today's guest is an award-winning HR executive committed to innovative, relevant, and contemporary HR leadership responsible for advancing Google's employee engagement strategy across diversity, equity, and inclusion. She is an advocate for change and a passionate thought leader. 
here to share her insight on the current state of diversity, equity, and inclusion, what's to come, and why it matters, we have our very special guest, Google's Vice President and Chief Diversity Officer, Ms. Melanie Parker. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. So welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm doing great, Ramses. Thank you for having me. Of course. This is a very special conversation that a lot of people were looking forward to us having. So it's 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 wonderful to have you on the show. So um, as we do, why not tell us a bit about yourself, sort of your background, and naturally what led you to the career path that you have? Awesome. Well, I grew up in North Carolina in a small town called High Point. Um, and my parents were very involved in the civil rights movement. So my mm -hmm. parents marched with Dr. King in the 60s. One of my childhood friends, their father was a part of the Greensboro Four that sat at the Woolworth counter in Greensboro, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And my brother and I, you know, grew up like with our parents being a part of just the first. My mom was the first black bank teller in my small town. Um, my parents were, you know, really primary parts of the integration movement. And then both my brother and I both attended an HBCU. So mm. I attended Hampton University, go Pirates. My brother attended uh, Johnson C. Smith University in Charlotte, North Carolina. And so just being purpose-filled um, and letting our lives do the singing is actually Hampton's motto. Even as I started my career post Hampton, the roles that I sought really were about how I match my action with the impact, not just for myself, but for others around me. So that just is a pattern that has been ingrained in me since I was a child. Okay, wonderful. So um, let's help the people understand sort of what we're talking about. In your words, how would you define diversity, equity, and inclusion? I'm so glad we're starting with definitions because often when people think about it, that what comes to mind can be different depending on the individual. When mm -hmm. I think about diversity, diversity is the presence of differences. That, like that's what it is simply. When we think about um, equity, equity is really recognizing that not everybody has the same starting place. And so what do we need to do to ensure that we get to parity. And so there's equity before there can be equality. Mm -hmm. And then inclusion is really about making sure that everyone feels included. And that brings us along to belonging. And so it's how we show up alongside our communities, within um, our company, outside of our company. And then how do we keep working with compassion and empathy um, to ensure we're hitting diversity, equity, and inclusion? Understood. Now, uh, obviously, this is a a more modern uh, phrase, diversity, equity, inclusion. Um, and the world has had to evolve to a point where considering those things was central to business goals and outcomes and so forth. Um, from your perspective as a Black woman and naturally as a diversity executive at one of the most important and influential companies in the world, what are your views on the current state of racism in this country? Let me start with one of the basic tenets that we all value um, within our is our right to liberty um, and to safety. 
And if I, as particularly as a black woman and a black American, like black Americans are grounded in experiences where our liberties are really threatened by a lack of safety. And now like we're deeply connected, like Americans have been deeply connected, even trauma bonded with what we've gone through with COVID, with the racial justice movement. But it also highlighted the, the comorbidities that really undergirded the pandemic of COVID also are the same comorbidities that have undergirded the racial justice movement. And so, you know, where we are right now is video has given us the opportunity to witness and to see in a very different way what's happening and the systemic and structural work that's needed is front and center. Even, you know, at Google, our focus is really has really been on creating that environment where people feel safe and safety, you know, really involves feeling valued as well. And all those are tenants to success, which is very connected to um, having liberty in America at the same time. Sure, sure. Now, um, not to make this grisly, but this is sort of important for us to talk about, especially with someone like you. Um, you're quoted as saying, I believe it was a business insider interview. Um, you were referring to the increase in mass shootings across the country. Uh, I believe you said something to the effect of quote, particularly as a black person, our wounds are never fully allowed to heal. Um, so I want you to expound upon that a bit. What I mean by that, our wounds are never fully allowed to heal. If you think about like even as a small child having like a falling on the playground and having a cut, it takes some time for that wound to heal and that healing goes through different stages. At the end of that healing, like the the skin grows back and you're intact. But if you keep falling and it doesn't heal, then what happens is it's reopened. And as a black person, we continue to see these mass shootings like play out many of them in our own communities, like across um, many neighborhoods that really are predominantly black. And we aren't able to fully heal because the plethora of those shootings keep happening. Mm -hmm. And so we band together and we see very similar responses. Like each time one of these things happens, we see very similar responses and what we're not seeing is the other side of what healing looks like and what where the solutions lie to really do that. So that's what I meant by our wounds are never fully allowed to heal because they continue to be reopened by the same or similar events. Sure. I imagine the same could probably be said about um, police shootings and videos of police violence against black and brown bodies as well, um, because, again, we see constantly certainly in in our world here at the black information network we see there's so many instances of police violence that we can't even cover them all um and so uh i i think to your point yeah that there is definitely um something there in terms of us not being able to fully heal well i think what goes along with that is how do we resist the ability to be desensitized because when we see something play over and over again that you're talking about, we can also become desensitized to the real impact and the real trauma there. And so 
I think it's something that we all have to like be intentional about what we're viewing and what we're recognizing so that these aren't images that we ever get used to. Like we shouldn't be desensitized here. Mm. You know, um, not to lean into this too much, but um, I'd like to share something if I may. So I do a radio show um, as well. It's, you know, syndicated across the country. um, And I have to record every week. I have a co-host. And the show deals with issues like the ones we're talking about now. As a result, um, we have to, along with our producer, myself and my co-host Q, we have to uh, go through every instance and we have to watch every instance of police brutality or or police shooting uh, of an unarmed or armed, because it's not illegal to have a gun in this country, black person. And what I found out, and I'm not this way, I'm not this way, but what I found out is that after starting this show and having to see the trauma over and over again, having to live that alongside the people screaming in the videos or the families who've come forth afterwards or the mothers who now have to bury a son or whatever, living that trauma over and over again, week in and week out, I found myself at the time the the only word that that i was able to use was um i i found myself becoming very sad not yeah. just with respect to creating that show but sad in general in life and i never realized how profound of an impact that that repeated trauma living that reality over and over again could have on me beyond just sitting at the table you know scripting a, a program for the week but it would it would manifest itself you know, when I'm picking up my son from school or, you know, um, out waiting on a friend to show up for, you know, a night out or whatever the case is. And so, um, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I, I can attest to that firsthand that that is a real thing. And I don't think that I ever put it together until now. Um, I just- I, yeah, I appreciate your transparency here and I, yeah. I hope it'll be really helpful for the listeners. I mean, particularly like hearkening back to talking about equity, think about the equity and experience of going to work. And this is the trauma that you've witnessed. This is the trauma that you've seen play out over and over on media. And now you have to go to work and you gotta perform and you gotta have impact along with every other coworker across all other communities. Certainly there's a lack of equity in how you're showing up. And those are, I think the types of things we have to solve for. Absolutely. It's um, at least for me, I found that it it manifests itself in the strangest ways and the distraction, you know, comes to the top of your mind in the weirdest times when you wouldn't expect it. And you find yourself lost in a stupor and you're feeling real feelings as though you're still witnessing something happen and your body is reacting the same way. And so you find yourself divorced, disconnected from the moment that you're in. And it's not up to me. It's not, I didn't decide to have this feeling at this time. It's the strangest thing, but you know, I never really pondered it beyond, Hey, this is just kind of what I signed up for them's the break sort of thing. So I appreciate you touching on that. This show is sponsored by better help. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. 
that frustrating thing your mom does, or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com BIN today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot B-I-N. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claims for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. We are here today with award-winning HR executive, Google's Vice President and Chief Diversity Officer, Ms. Melanie Parker, discussing the current state of diversity, equity, and inclusion, what's to come, and why it matters. Um, now, a lot of companies have done their best uh, in, in recent years and in recent months to try to meet the challenge um, that's me putting it, you know, as generously as I can. Um, so we've seen numerous examples of this and they're making donations. They're making public statements um, internally, externally. You know, they're talking about how they care about diversity and inclusion, um, pay transparency. The list goes on. 
Um, but then there's other things that, you know, we feel might be performative, you know, inauthentic. So can you share with us some insight um, regarding the critical differences between performative uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion actions and authentic and effective DE&I actions? Yes, it's all about outcomes. I mean, mm. you know, the difference between performative and authentic is the outcomes and the impact that we make. You know, one of the things I talked about my parents earlier and how they marched um, in the 1960s. Well, at that time, corporations weren't called on in the same way that we've seen in the global racial justice movement that we're in right now. I mean, mm -hmm. now corporations are really called to account um, by stakeholders, by customers, et cetera. And we've seen companies respond in different ways. And I think initially, like post the murder of George Floyd, mm -hmm. people really were at large looking for companies to make statements and declarations. And so I think that's how it started. But then what we saw is that, you know, the same consumer base was actually looking for, like, what are the real actions that you're going to take? And so it's really about how do you translate the energy of the moment into sustainable solutions and sustainable action? And what's the impact you're trying to make? You know, at, at Google, some the racial equity work is work that I have been like most proud of, not just at Google, but throughout my career mm -hmm. of how we've really translated this energy um, into goals that span to 2025. And what we do is we report our progress out um, on a quarterly basis. And we talk about where we lead and where we learn and I fully recognize that with the brand positioning that we have, that other companies, other people, other industries are looking like, what are we doing? And I want to highlight transparently, like where we're doing well, where we need to continue to make improvement so everybody can come along here. But the difference is in the outcome and the impact on the learning. Sure, sure. Now, you know, looking at looking around at all the goings on, you know, and I think this probably has to do with the previous uh, question as well. There are a lot of people that don't know their place. A lot of black people who don't know their place. Um, it's hard to find out who to be um, in order to be enough, right? In order to be valuable. Um, and again, to see the, the realities that we are subjected to day in and day out can be very much overwhelming. Um, what would you say to employees who feel overwhelmed by the goings on in the world, um, either in corporate America or outside of corporate America? And how would you, what would you say to address those who are just simply exhausted? What I would say to folks who feel exhausted, at first, let me just say, I identify with that. And I certainly have really struggled, you know, at times with like, am I enough? Is what I'm doing enough? And I would say, like, focus on well-being, like be still enough 
from the inside out to know what's happening with you, what you're concerned about, what you're thinking about. Because sometimes we're just moving an autopilot and we think we're doing the right thing, but it becomes activity centric, but we're not still enough to even hear ourselves think. And particularly for black people, we're either hyper visible or invisible. And mm. so our experiences are not normalized. And because of that, it could be hard to have a day where you feel off. It could be hard, you know, to focus on like my own personal well-being because I'm still living up to what it means to work twice as hard or to be fast enough to you know, really operate at that same level. Sure. And so I think it becomes this trap because we're groomed and we're cultured this way and we're falling in a little bit because we're not standing and focusing on our own well-being, our mental health, our physical health and our emotional health. This concludes part one of our two-part interview with Google's Vice President and Chief Diversity Officer, Ms. Melanie Parker. Be sure to check back in for the second installment of today's episode. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Associate producer, Maggie B. Nowen. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I'm your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.